Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. We're in the third week of May, though based on the weather here, it's hard to uh, tell that. We've been kind of in April weather, and this weekend's Memorial Day, so uh, I guess things will uh, heat up momentarily. Just a few comments, one on our CME activities. Uh, this is about the last week or so that you can register for the course, our cruise to the Mediterranean this July. Uh, the cabins will basically be gone. We're releasing whatever ones we haven't sold within the week. So this is your last chance, and it's a great opportunity. And join 100-plus of your colleagues uh, at a terrific location. So look forward to that. Also, just to remind everybody, uh, CTSS, we're now going to expand from podcasting, which this is, and we will continue podcasting, since it is very popular, to vodcasting. So we will continue to make changes, uh, see a lot of new material on CTSS, particularly cardiac. I know I promised you would have the new cardiac uh, section up and running within the cardiac section, uh, and just uh, making final changes and uh, optimizing some of the things. So that will indeed be terrific. Um, just let you know that we are bringing you this uh, podcast, not from our typical uh, uh, location in downtown, in beautiful downtown Baltimore, let me say, on the 87th floor of Johns Hopkins University. But this podcast is being done remotely, and we're at Yankee Stadium just before the Yankees play the Boston Red Sox, or rather they're playing the New York Mets, near interleague play. And with a little bit of luck, Daryl Jeter will be dropping by, and we'll see if uh, he's a big fan of CTSS or not, but uh, we'll wait for him to come by. And um, I, in New York, being in New York, I did run into a few friends of mine and uh, did hear a couple of jokes. So I thought uh, I would share one with you uh, that was really a Mother's Day joke. And I know it's a week or so past Mother's Day, but let me just share this one with you. And it was uh, this woman who had, uh, an older woman who had three sons, and each of the sons was better to their mother than the next. And for Mother's Day, they bought her, the oldest son bought her this brand new 12-room mansion on Long Island, and the uh, middle son bought her this Mercedes, you know, the new Mercedes 577 or whatever it is, with a chauffeur, and the third son thought well in advance and sent a parakeet to the Vatican where it learned both the New and Old Testament, learned every verse in perfect tone, and since the mother was fairly religious and her eyesight had been failing over the years, he felt that this would help her uh, keep up with her uh, studies. And uh, the kids gave it to the mother. And um, about two weeks later, which is just this past weekend, they got back together with the mother. And the mother was saying how she was blessed with the three most wonderful sons anybody could have. She goes, but John, my oldest son, this house you bought me is incredible. But I'm an old lady, you know, tw 20 rooms, eight bedrooms. You know, it's just a bit too much. I typically stay in one room. But... I really do appreciate it. And uh, Sam, my middle son, you know, the car you got me is fantastic. But I'm an old lady. I don't get around all that much. The chauffeur kind of hangs out most of the time. But, you know, I do really appreciate it a lot. But uh, Joe, my youngest son, you know, you gave the best present to your mother. You really knew what your mother wanted. That chicken you gave me was absolutely delicious. Well, thanks very much. If you applaud like that, you're only going to encourage more jokes. So I'm going to tell you one last thing I heard. And uh, this one helps probably if you're Jewish. So I heard this at the Seder. Okay. And Larry David always has religious things on his show, so I, I don't feel bad telling you. And there was a guy who won the Nobel Prize who then was going to be knighted by the Queen of England. And 
the way the knighting ceremony goes is when the Queen of England touches you with the sword, you then have to say a whole bunch of stuff in Latin. So the scientist, you know, knew six months in advance that he was going to be knighted, so he learned Latin. And he learned the um, two paragraphs that you have to say when the queen knights you. So the big day comes, everything goes perfectly, he's on one knee, the queen hits him on each shoulder with the, uh, with the sword, and then he's supposed to say his thing. And he totally, totally blocked out. Everything he studied for six months, he totally blocked out because of his nervousness, and he didn't know what to do, and he just kind of it was a dead silence, and finally he said, okay, let me just say anything. So it was just after Passover, so he said, the only thing he could think of that would not be in English, so he said, Manishtana halayla hazemikol halaylos. And then the queen looked at him and said to her uh, main assistant, why is this night different than all the other nights? You had to be there. Anyway, let's get started. And um, there was a question on CTSS which asked me to address two topics in podcasts. One was radiation and one is biliary tract evaluation. And so let me just touch a bit on radiation. And I'll come back to this topic a different time with more detail and some numbers. But I think all of us need to really be aware of the issues with radiation dose Articles in the front cover of USA Today really don't help radiology all that much. And the only danger for a lot of imaging, particularly CT in the future, is this issue with radiation. So we all know we all need to follow the ALARA principles, A-L-A-R-A, which is basically the lowest dose possible. Um, Now, in saying that, the other thing we like to comment on is that the best thing to do is make sure you do the study correctly. In order to give the minimum dose, you don't want to do a bad study because one of the issues, of course, is that one of the reasons people get extra dose of radiation is because they get second and third and fourth and fifth studies where one study done right the first time would be the best uh, bang for the radiation buck. So, again, one comment to remember is do the study right. Get the right answer. Minimize the dose, but... Don't do the study poorly. If you do the study poorly, then in the long haul, the patient's dose will increase. Okay, let's talk about uh, biliary tract obstruction. So common uh, etiology or request for CT is jaundice, biliary tract obstruction, and the like. So the question is, you know, how do you evaluate those patients? So we do as we do dual-phase CT scanning. Again, what are you looking for? You're looking for why the patient's joined this. So let's assume the patient does have ductal obstruction. Now you're trying to figure out where the duct's obstructed. Is it high in the liver, in the hilum, like a cholangio? Is it in the mid-common duct? Could it be a stone? Could it be a tumor of the common duct? At the ampulla, maybe it's an impacted stone, or maybe it's an ampullary tumor. Is it a pancreatic mass encasing and obstructing the distal common duct? Those are some of the choices. Now, what we'll do is we'll do dual-phase imaging at 30 seconds and 60 seconds. The 60 seconds image is ideal for looking at transitions. Now, we've all learned to follow transitions on axial imaging, and that works pretty well. But if you really want to do a good job, the best thing to do is use post-processed data. That is reconstructed either with curved planar reconstruction or volume rendering or coronal imaging, or all of the above. And I would tend to use all of the above. What you try to do then is bring the duct into perspective and follow the duct downward. See exactly where the patient's obstructed. 
by telling where it's obstructed, you can usually make the right diagnosis. Also, common duct stones, which can fool you, being a mid or distal obstruction zone, are easiest seen when you do the reconstructions. You can do a curved planar reconstruction following the duct. You can use an oblique plane along the duct. They all work nicely. Pam Johnson has written articles looking at minimum intensity projection because the biliary duct dilated has low attenuation. That is also a very nice way of doing things. So I do the post-process data looking for transitions. If you see a transition, you know exactly what the problem is. We look at the transition. We look at how the duct looks. Is it like a stricture or is it a tumor? Do you see a mass in the pancreas? So that's indeed very, very helpful. Now, I think some tumors, it's hard to see. Small lesions, small Klatskin tumors, which are tumors at the bifurcation of right and left hepatic ductal system, you know exactly where the obstruction is. Sometimes the mass is subtle. It's hard to see. But um, usually you can do okay. One thing to remind people is if you're doing Klatskin tumors, it's good to go back at six or seven minutes post-injection. Those lesions become more vascular over time, and that indeed can be helpful to you. I think in terms of arterial phase imaging, it really doesn't help you with duct obstruction per se, but what you're really looking at is uh, the arterial mapping for resectability. The 60-second is the ideal place to be. So hopefully that helps, and if you look on CT as us in either the liver section or pancreatic section, you'll see a lot of good case examples. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody for their attention and hope you have a nice day and a nice Memorial Day weekend. Thanks very much.